Welcome to Anchor Point, where we believe that the next 30 minutes could change your life forever. So join us to consider the greatest message ever heard, the good news of the gospel, as well as sound scriptural teaching for believers, all based on the Word of God, the anchor for our souls. There is not a more glorious theme running throughout the Word of God than that of the precious blood of Christ. We see blood shed for sins as early as the Garden of Eden, and then on throughout the Old Testament as sacrifices were continually made to put away sin year by year. The blood was placed on the lintel and doorposts of the Israelite houses in Egypt before their triumphant redemption through Moses. All of these pointed toward the future coming of the Messiah himself, who, as the Lamb of God, would die for sins upon a rugged cross. Today's broadcast is concerned with blood, the precious blood of Christ, the necessity of that blood, and the power of that blood. Though often misunderstood, and sometimes even maligned, it is the basis of the forgiveness of sins. Have you ever considered the importance of the sacrifice of Christ on the cross? Matthew chapter 27, verse 1. When the morning was come, all the chief priests and elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. And when they had bound him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate the governor. Then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself and brought again the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned in that I have betrayed the innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? See thou to that. And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple, and departed and went, and hanged himself. And the chief priests took the silver pieces and said, it is not lawful for to put them into the treasury because it is the price of blood. And they took counsel and bought with them the potter's field to bury strangers in, wherefore that field was called the field of blood unto this day. Verse 20. And the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask Barabbas to destroy Jesus. And the governor answered and said unto them, whether the twain will ye that I release unto you? They said, Barabbas. Pilate said unto them, What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? And they all say unto him, Let him be crucified. And the governor said, Why? What evil hath he done? But they cried out the more, saying, Let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but that rather a tumult was made, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. See ye to it. Then answered all the people and said, His blood be on us and on our children. Then released he Barabbas unto them. When he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him 
to be crucified. I don't know whether you noticed in the reading that I was trying to emphasize one word, blood. The problem of the blood in Matthew 27, the problem of the blood. I don't know what the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ means to you. I'm thankful for the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. For those of you who are history buffs, maybe you haven't learned it already, but way back in 1963, Jacqueline Kennedy, she was the young wife of President John F. Kennedy of the United States. She was a bit of a fashion icon around the world. Many women imitated the Jackie look. You can Google this and you'll find it. They imitated her clothes. They imitated her glasses. They imitated her hairstyles. On one day in Dallas, Texas, November the 22nd, Jacqueline Kennedy put on a pink Chanel suit, and she was with her husband, and she was also wearing some kind of a pink, they called it a pillbox hat. I don't know much about pillbox hats, but it was pink. What makes those pink clothes more memorable is the person who wore the clothes and what happened the day she wore them. Actually, her husband, President Kennedy, had picked the pink suit for her to wear to Dallas on that fateful historic day. And it was 12.30 in the afternoon, November the 22nd, sitting in the back of the presidential limousine, shots were fired. And President Kennedy slumped over onto his wife Jacqueline's knees. And Lady Bird Johnson, that would be the next president's wife, she was traveling in the same motorcade, she looked back, and in her biography she recalled this. I saw in the president's car a bundle of pink lying on the back seat. I think it was Mrs. Kennedy lying over her husband's body. And then she wrote in her biography, she said, Mrs. Kennedy's dress was stained with blood. It was her husband's blood. She wrote somehow that was one of the most poignant sights that immaculate woman, exquisitely dressed, but caked in blood. That shocked and grieving 34-year-old widow, wearing the pink blood-stained suit, stood beside Lyndon B. Johnson as he was sworn in as a 36th President of the United States of America. And flying back to Washington that day, people pressured the young, grief-stricken widow, Jackie, change your clothes. But she refused. There was tension on the plane. They became very concerned about the widow's appearance. But the widow refused. And when the plane landed in Washington, the pilot, they parked it at a secret exit so reporters would not see the blood-stained clothes that she was wearing. She refused all entreaties to change her clothes. Here's what she said. I want them to see what they have done. To the one I love, Jack, if any of you are alive in 2063, 100 years after, those blood-stained clothes are going to be put on display for the world to see. They haven't been seen since that fateful day in 1963. Let me ask you, do you value the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ? Does it mean anything to you? Have you ever found it in your heart? 
to slip away into your bedroom and to fall on your knees and say, His blood was shed for my sins. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for shedding your blood for me, the guilty sinner. Does this blood mean anything to you? In chapter 27 of the Gospel of Matthew, Judas devalued the blood. He negotiated a deal with the authorities, and he came down as low as 30 pieces of silver. If you give me 30 pieces of silver, then we've got a deal. I will lead you to him. Oh, Judas was privileged, spending two to three years with the Lord Jesus, sailed in the water with him, out in the fields with him and the disciples, saw the mighty miracles, privileged. But he valued his money, his silver coins, his plans, his purposes more than the blood. But then there came that point when he realized, Oh, I have made the worst decision of my life. When he saw that the Lord Jesus was not going to make a hasty escape through their hands this time, and that they actually had him captured, and they were processing them through their courts. When Judas realized what he had done, he said, I have sinned and then I have betrayed the innocent blood. And he took those 30 pieces of silver and he flung them across the room. He devalued the blood. Is there anyone in the auditorium this evening? And you're devaluing the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Judas lost his soul. He valued other things more than the precious blood of the Lord Jesus. But Judas wasn't the only one. He devalued the blood. But religion despised his blood. The religious people of that day, when Judas came in with that tremendous anxiety of soul, when he realized the wrong that he had committed, they looked at him and they just said, what is that to us? We couldn't care less. They despised his blood. Religious people of that day held his blood in contempt. They treated it with disdain. What is that to us? In other words, Judas, that's your problem. Do you know, really, it's no different today. The religions of the world have no place, no value on the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. His blood is still despised by religion. All major world religions are based on works an inner good, self-merit, not the merits of the precious blood of Christ. All oh, the religions out there, people don't want to talk about the blood of Christ. Oh, they might go through ceremonies and they may go through rituals when the blood is made mention of. But when it comes right down to the wire, it works over the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Ahead of one theological seminary quite a few years ago, in this country, said, and it was in our national paper, oh, such contempt. She said, we don't need blood. We don't need people hanging around on crosses for our redemption. Why does religion despise his blood? Because the blood is a stark reminder of the hatred that was in the heart of human beings. Wasn't Martians that nailed him to the cross? It was human beings nailed him to the cross. And to think that his blood flowed from the cross and from his precious body 
It reminds them of the hatred that was in the human heart. Our hatred caused him to be nailed to the tree. Another reason why religion despises his blood, because it's a stark reminder of how offensive and odious our sins were to a holy God. And no one likes to think that their sins are that bad. Oh, we would all freely acknowledge that we have committed a few wrongs and a few slip-ups and a few errors here and there. But have you ever realized that your sin and my sin was so offensive to God that nothing less than the death of His Son on the cross could ever satisfy a holy God? The precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ reminds us how offensive our sins were to God. What an obstacle between ourselves and God. Another reason why religion would despise is blood, because it's a reminder that we're helpless on our own, the helplessness of the human race. The Bible clearly says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission, there is no release, there is no forgiveness of sins. In other words, we're helpless. And who here in this room wants to think they're helpless? We would all like to think that we have something that we can do to find favor with God. But I remember the night I was only 12. I had never sold any drugs. I had never robbed any banks or credit unions either. But I remember in my attic bedroom realizing, Peter, you're helpless. You can never be in God's heaven with your sins, even at 12 years of age. When I realized that, I realized how helpless I am and that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. Have you ever faced the fact that he was on the cross because of your sins? That his blood was shed because of your sins? And that without Christ, you're helpless and hopelessly lost? Religion despised his blood. Pilate? We read about Pilate. Pilate actually defended his blood. The man who knew the least defended him the most. He believed Jesus was innocent. He had seen other criminals. He looked into the face of the Lord Jesus. He knew those were not the eyes of a criminal. He knew those were not the hands of one who had shed blood and committed crimes. He really believed this man is innocent. But they cried out for his blood. Crucify him! Crucify him! Finally, Pilate said, he said, I, I, I'm innocent of the blood of his just, this righteous, this good man. Like, I want to wash my hands of it. Like, you take him, do what you have to do, but I don't want his blood on my hands. I don't know what Pilate would be doing in a lost eternity tonight. But if he was washing his hands, trying to get the guilt off his hands 2,000 years ago, I wonder... What Pilate is doing tonight as he thinks of the innocent blood. And then the people, they denounced his blood. They yelled back to Pilate. They said, his blood, his blood be on us and on our children. They were worried about the blood. Defiantly, they said they would bear the consequences for his cold-blooded execution and murder. If there are any consequences to pay for putting him on the cross, we'll suffer the consequences. They denounced his blood. They refused to accept him as their Savior, their Messiah. 
And there were, as history tells us, consequences for rejecting his blood. I'm going to ask you again, what does his blood mean to you? It's one thing to talk about Judas and about religion and about Pilate and about the people. But you in this room tonight, can you look back to a moment in your life, personal, precious, precise moment, when you appreciated for the first time his blood was shed for my sins, and you thanked him for his precious blood. Oh, you may not have thought of the blood that night. You may have just thought of his death. But you know what I mean? His outpoured blood represents his death. Christ died for our sins. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3. And forgiveness depends on the blood. Judas devalued the blood. Religion despised the blood. Pilate defended his blood. People denounced his blood. But forgiveness tonight depends on the blood. Hebrews 9, verse 22 says, Without or apart from the shedding of blood, there is no remission. There is no forgiveness of sins. You can go all the way back to the Old Testament. Leviticus 17, 1 says, The life of the flesh is in the blood. And then we read in Ezekiel, The soul that sins shall die. Well, did the Lord Jesus Christ ever sin? Absolutely not. Well, then why did He die? We read in Romans 6, 23, The wages of sin is death. But He had no sin. Then why did Jesus die? We read in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 12, This man, the Lord Jesus, after He had offered one sacrifice for sin, forever sat down on the right hand of God. And 1 John 1, verse 7 says, And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. I don't know what sins you have on your record. You probably have sins that are known to others and then you probably have secret sins. But here's good news from the Word of God for you. The blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses from all sin. Every sin can be erased. Removed from God's record tonight. What better news than that? Forgiveness depends on the blood. And let me tell you, Christians delight in the blood. If you were to ask the Apostle Peter, what does the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ mean to you? He'd say, didn't you read my first epistle? First Peter 1.18 Redeemed not with silver, not with gold, not with corruptible things, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without spot, without blemish. Peter says, what do I think of his blood? Precious blood. Have you ever told God that the blood of His Son was precious to you? If you were to ask John, John, what does the blood of Christ mean to you? Say, didn't you read it in Revelation 1? On to Him who loved us and washed us from our sins in what? His own blood. Does the precious blood of Christ mean anything to you? What did Paul say? Paul said, in whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins. There's a hymn that Christians love to sing, No works of mine, no merit can I bring, no holiness within. I only trust the precious blood of Christ. It cleanses from all sin. What value do you place on the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ? You read about People in Hebrews 10, verse 29, 
I know it's referring to apostates. You know, it's one thing to reject the law of Moses. But what about those who reject the blood? And the writer to Hebrews, referring to apostates, says, How much worse, sterner, heavier punishment will he deserve and receive who has spurned and trampled underfoot the Son of God, who has treated his blood lightly and of little value, and who has insulted the Holy Spirit who imparts grace? Have you ever walked out of a gospel meeting, spurned and trampled underfoot the Son of God? Have you ever walked out of a gospel meeting and say, I've got more important things in my life now? Have you ever treated his blood lightly? Other things that you value more than the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's one thing to break a commandment, but to reject the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and to place no value in him and continue on throughout your life and to never bow and thank the Lord Jesus Christ for shedding his precious blood. Oh, what an eternity will be yours if you pass it all by. Our prayer for you this evening is, maybe you didn't intend to be saved tonight. Perhaps you thought the transaction was too big to cope with this evening. But I can tell you, the forgiveness of sins is available to you. You could be saved this evening. The blood was shed. The work was accomplished. Christ died 2,000 years ago. And tonight, you can have peace and the full and free forgiveness of sins. Why? Because of the precious shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. The blood of Christ cleanses us from all sin. Yes, 2,000 years ago, the full and free forgiveness of sins was made available to all people through the giving of the life of Christ on the cross. He shed his precious blood, signifying death, in order to pay the ultimate price of sin. Christ's sufferings on the cross are what poor sinners need to release them from the power, bondage, and penalty of their sinful lives. Have you trusted in the blood of Christ for your salvation? You must. The Bible says that there is no forgiveness without it. It says, Without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission of sins. Look to the cross today. Salvation is free and waiting for your acceptance. We're glad you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by believers in Christ who are meeting at various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday, as well as other meetings such as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. If you've been challenged by today's message, and would like to know more about the truth of the gospel, or of gathering unto the name of the Lord Jesus Christ following New Testament principles, take a look at our Anchor Point website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the gathering center nearest you. Our Anchor Point messages are also available for listening and download at anchorpointradio.com. My name is Glenn Todd. Thank you once again for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that Christ alone is the anchor for the soul. <laughs>